0: Good morning. It's great to see everyone on this uh, rather chilly outside, but nice and warm inside, which is great. Uh, If you don't know me, my name is Sean. I'll be hosting this morning. And uh, just at the outset, I want to say you are very welcome, whether it's your very first time here or you've been here for decades. Everyone is welcome. And uh, as a church, we're here because we want to meet with the living God. We're not here just to sing songs and to have a chat. We're actually here to worship God, to meet with him, to experience all that he has for us. And so uh, we love it when we get contributions, you know, whether God is speaking to you through prophecy or his word, a picture, or whether you just want to pray. But if, if you've got any of those things, please come to the front and have a chat with me. Uh, and then we can use the mic so that everyone can hear. Children, you will be going out uh, after probably about the third song. Jason will remember to, uh, to send you out. I'm just going to briefly pray, and I'm going to hand over to, uh, to Jason and the band. Lord, we thank you for the incredible sacrifice. Jesus on a cross, died for our sins, that we would be set free. Lord, we're here to worship you, to delight in you. We pray, Holy Spirit, would you presence yourself with us, be involved in all that we do this morning, that the Father might be glorified. Amen.
1: Thank you, Sean. If you're able to, uh, please stand. This morning, we're going to do a a new song. Uh, So... We're going to start off by um, learning just a bit of it and then we'll come back to it if that's okay.
2: do tell it on the mountain, the one that we've been waiting for. king of our salvation born on this day our savior christ the lord go tell it on
1: you enjoy it when we come back to it we're gonna start this morning by singing joy to the world
2: sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world, the same. Joy, unspeakable joy, overflowing well, no time can tell, joy. Speak of
1: thank you for the joy unspeakable joy that's given by you thank you lord that you come and you dwell with us lord thank you that you are here with us lord we worship you lord jesus thank you for the joy the joy of the lord is my strength this morning over all my situations and circumstances the joy of the lord is my strength and i i believe that this morning let's believe that this morning that the joy of the lord is our strength
2: tell it on the mountain, the one that we've been waiting for, the King of our salvation, born on this day, our Savior Christ the Lord. Go tell it on the tell it on the mountain, humbly in an angel lay, mercy sent from heaven, angels fill the sky with highest praise. Tell it on the mountain This baby born of virgin birth The ruler of all nations The glory of our God has come to earth Emmanuel God with us Emmanuel King Jesus us, the savior of the world is born. Man, you Jesus. with King Jesus, the savior of the world is born, savior of the world, the savior of the world is born, savior of the world, the savior.
1: Let's fix our eyes on our Savior this morning. He is with us. Emmanuel, God, with us. Let's press into him this morning. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy this morning. And every other morning, every other day, he is worthy.
2: adore him. We'll give him
1: children and young people would like to go out through the doors that'd be great Lord we want to pray for our young people Lord bless them this morning Lord let them learn more about you and and hear more about you we want to pray would you bless them and encourage them this morning
2: Till from heaven you came right There was mercy in your eyes To fulfill the law and promise To a virgin came your word From a throne of endless gold To a cradle in the dark the loss to redeem the whole creation, you did not despise the cross, for even in yourself, you sought to the other side, knowing this was our salvation, Jesus, for our sake you died. Till that stones was moved for good For the Lamb had come to death And the dead rose from their tombs And the angels stood in awe For the souls of all who come to the Father are restored And the Church of Christ was born And the Spirit in the flame Now this gospel truth of all Shall I kneel, shall I faint By his blood and in his name
3: wonder whether this morning, perhaps, if you were walking in or you walked out to your car, you saw a cobweb. Aren't they amazing? Aren't they absolutely oh, they're so beautiful? They're so complex. And, you know, they're there all the time. It's just because there's been a heavy frost. It's like light's been shone onto the cobweb. And suddenly you can see this great picture of uh, something that's been been made over time, which you didn't even realise was there. And as I saw that this morning, I felt the Lord stir in my spirit something, and He wants to speak to some of us who are wondering: Is God there? Is God in my situation? I can't see Him. I can't see what He's doing. I don't know whether He's there. And I feel the Lord wants to deposit faith in our hearts this morning to trust that he's at work, but also to ask, Lord, would you shine your light on what you're doing, that I might see and enjoy all of your goodness, but I might also know what you're doing. And I feel like for some of us here, we just need to know God's in control. He is actually working all things together for the good of those that love him, as Scripture tells us. Uh, And it's great having Scripture, and um, we trust Scripture, absolutely. It's good to know that. But isn't it good also to let the Holy Spirit shine his light on some things and to help us to actually see what he's doing? So I'm going to pray now, and perhaps you may want to join me. Lord, open our eyes. Open our eyes to see what you're doing in these days. Open our eyes to see you. We want to see you. We want to encounter you. Stir faith in our hearts to see your amazing plans and purposes. And how we fit into them. For the glory and honour of your name I ask it. Amen.
1: the highest king
2: would welcome me I was lost but he brought me all his love Us. he has ransomed his grace
1: while i was a slave to sin jesus died for
2: a place for me I'm a child
1: press in this morning. Let God reveal more of Himself to you. Let's wait on God this morning. For He is here. He is with us. this morning to reveal more of himself to you. If you're unsure what that looks like, it's okay. Because God meets us where we are. God knows us intimately. And he knows our greatest needs. a broken man, but you make me whole, not by my efforts, but yours.
2: is a
0: we thank you that we are your children incredible love poured out on us that we might be called children of God that is what we are and we just thank you Lord limited as our thanks are we give it to you now Thank you, incredible love, thank you, oh man, I'd like to uh, take your seats, I'm going to be taking communion, just as I was preparing for communion, I, I, I was reminded, memories, they're funny things, aren't they? Some we can recall really easily, you yeah, know, the smallest detail. We remember it all. Others they seem forgotten in the back of our mind. We'd almost be, you know, think they were gone completely. But then a a sight, or a sound, a smell, a taste, can bring them back, especially. Childhood memories—you might have suddenly catch a smell of a flower or something like that—and suddenly you're taken back to a time in your childhood, or or you eat something and think, "God, I haven't eaten that for years and years and years." Some of our memories are good. You know, we, when they come up, we dwell on them. Oh, yeah, and we think and think, not wanting to lose them again. Others bad, push it back down, don't like that, not going to dwell on that. Communion is a reminder of Christ's death and our salvation. The bread that we eat, a reminder, a picture of his body sacrificed on a cross Taking our place, his death, so that we might live. The juice that we drink, a reminder, a picture of his blood poured out to wash away our sins. And this simple meal, it's a reminder for all of us who have received Jesus. So if you are here, maybe you don't normally attend this church, but if you know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, this meal is for you. The Apostle Paul wrote in the Bible about pausing before taking communion, a time to assess our lives before god are there things are there sins to be dealt with maybe relationships that need restoring and so we're going to take just a moment to pause now before we take communion and just ask god where am i with you what do i need to deal with sacrifice covers all our sins but let's just take that moment before him In Matthew chapter 26, we read about when Jesus was taking the Passover meal with his disciples. It was just before he was going to go to the cross. Barely a few hours. And it says this. While they were eating, Jesus took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, Take and eat this is my body then he took a cup and when he had given thanks he gave it to them saying drink from it all of you this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins lord jesus i thank you for an incredible sacrifice The fact that you left heaven and came down to earth, born as a little baby. You walked this earth sinless, perfect. Death had no hold on you, and yet you chose to die in such a horrific way, on a cross, body broken, bloodshed that we might live, that we might not just live but we might have relationship with you and Lord we just thank you for your amazing love that was demonstrated on that cross Lord as as we each take of this simple meal, a little bit of bread and some juice Lord may we draw closer to you may we Know more clearly that incredible love for us, that revelation, that salvation that is ours in you alone. And Lord, I pray that even now, life should be transformed for folk who maybe are unsure of their relationship with you. Oh Lord, draw near through your Holy Spirit. Meet the needs that we have as only you can, Lord. Amen. For those of you who are observant, you will have seen that there are, there's a table in each corner of the room, and on it there's some juice and a basket with a little bits of bread in it and If you are gluten free on this table i 'm not sure if it 's on any of the other tables, but on this table there's uh, some gluten free packets um, that you can take so the band are going to play in a moment, and while they're playing, please feel free to uh, head off off to the tables, take some bread and some juice. You may want to take it back to your seat. You may want to just pray with some folk around you, but uh, feel free now to take the next five minutes to, uh, to take communion together. So uh, let's do that.
2: love, vast as the ocean, loving kindness as the flood, when the prince of life, our answer, shed for us his precious blood, Who is love will not remember, who can cease to sing his praise can never be forgotten throughout heaven's eternal
1: please stand So if, if you're able to please stand.
2: Exciting love. Sanctify me, God Himself has set me free.
1: Christine's going to come up and preach.
4: Get myself organized here. So, are we able to have the PowerPoint up, Judith? Thank you very much. So, today is uh, the last sermon in our series on Romans. this series has been entitled, Therefore, and there are an awful lot of therefores in Romans, and you can be very glad that this morning I'm not going to go through every one of them. I was asked to preach on Romans 15, but I was struggling to prepare for that. I, I just I couldn't, um, just didn't feel right, and I really felt strongly that God wanted me to speak on Romans, the beginning of chapter 12. And I talked to Andrew about it, and we agreed that although uh, both Nathan and Rob had referred to it, um, I would be able to preach on it. So today, I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer To the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, Paul is moving on now from what he set out in the first 11 chapters of Romans and drawing this conclusion our response to what God has done should be to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. We've spent weeks looking at Romans, uh, but for those in Rome who first heard this letter, they probably heard it just as it was written. The first 11 chapters were read out, and then we have this therefore. So they understood exactly what Paul was referring back to. But I suspect that we may have forgotten one or two things in the intervening time. So I'm going to remind you very briefly what... Paul had spoken about, what we should be grateful for. And in the letter to the Romans, Paul's laid out the foundations of the Christian faith, the gospel. And towards the beginning, Paul referred to our sinfulness. He talked about all having sinned, all falling short of God's standard. And then he stated that knowing the law doesn't make us righteous. Some of the Jews were feeling a bit super proud and you know we know the law and Paul was saying that doesn't make any difference the law simply reinforces our sinfulness and then Paul brought the good news that God has made a way for us to be righteous through the life and death of Jesus Christ there is forgiveness of sin through Christ he died on the cross we've just remembered that and through that sacrifice God forgives us But more than just forgiveness, Christ's sacrifice makes us right in God's sight. We refer to this as being justified, being made right, just as if we'd never sinned, people talk about. And no amount of human achievement or goodness can bring us up to the standard of God's perfection. There's such a huge gap between God's perfection and our imperfection. Nothing we can do, no matter how good we are, can get us up there. it's only through faith in Jesus that we're made righteous. And I, I love to think about the story of the thief on the cross with Jesus. And the thief showed his trust in Jesus. And Jesus said, today, you'll be with me in paradise. The thief had to do nothing. In fact, he could do nothing. But because of his trust and faith in Jesus, he was going to be with him in paradise. That's all we need to do, trust Jesus. And as well as being made right in God's eyes, we are then free from condemnation. If we turn to Jesus, Paul wrote in Romans 8, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So by faith, we have peace with God, and the Holy Spirit can fill our hearts with love. But even better, we have freedom from slavery to sin. Sin is no longer your master, Paul said. Now you are freed from slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. Before, when we were tempted to do wrong, we had no choice. We had no helper. Now we have the Holy Spirit. We are also freed from the law. Under the old way, we always failed. There was always some law we couldn't keep. Uh, No matter how hard we tried, we're never good enough. We continually messed up. We don't want to do wrong, but we do it anyway. We want to do good things, but we don't. We fail to do the right thing so often. A boy once asked his teacher, Mrs Roberts, can I be punished for something I haven't done? And the teacher was shocked and said, of course not, Johnny, that would be very unfair. So then he was relieved and he said, okay, Mrs. Roberts, I'm sorry, I haven't done my homework. (laughs) We can, of course, be guilty of not doing something. And is there an answer, Paul asks, can anyone set me free from this cycle of selfishness and sin? And the answer resounds yes, thank God, through Jesus Christ. There is a new way of life under a new master. We no longer need to keep the law. We are set free from our sinful nature, which is often referred to as the flesh. And we heard a bit about that last week. Christ brought freedom from the sinful nature. And we are new creations, able to defeat the power of sin. And we are also made children of God, brought into a loving relationship with our Heavenly Father. I was just thinking when we were singing uh, the song, um, In My Father's House, There's a Place for Me. And I just felt that some of you were pushing that me onto other people. And you weren't taking it for yourself. In our Father's house, there is a place for each one of us. Because we have been made children of God. We can cry, Abba, Father. God's Spirit joins with our spirit to, to affirm that we are God's children. And since we're his children, we're his, his heirs. We're heirs of God's glory. So that's what Paul set out very briefly uh, in the first 11 chapters. So it brings us back to Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. What should our response be to God's love, the forgiveness that Christ's death brings for us? And beginning in chapter 12, Paul begins to teach about how to behave in the light of what God has done. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So what did the Roman Christians understand by Paul speaking about living sacrifices? I know how you like jokes, and I tried to find a joke, but all the jokes I could find, the sacrifices died So, no joke, I'm afraid. Sacrifice was an integral part of religion in the ancient world. It was a means of communication between people and the gods. And most religions had sacrifices. And as we've heard, the Christian community in Rome consisted of two different groups of people, the Jews and the Gentiles. Um, Mainly the Gentiles would have been Romans, I think. So what were the differences? Were there differences in their cultural understanding? The Jewish tradition, um, we can read about that in the Old Testament. They understood sacrifice from the perspective of their traditional worship. And at the time that this letter was written, sacrifices of animals and birds were still going on in the temple in Jerusalem. They didn't stop until the temple was destroyed in 70 AD. And there were several different types of sacrifices that we read about in the Old Testament. Some were compulsory sacrifices, and they had to be made when someone had sinned, whether they'd done it on purpose or just slipped up. There were sacrifices that had to be made to restore the relationship to God, to bring forgiveness. But there were other voluntary sacrifices which were made to express gratitude to God, to thank him for his love, uh, to give him honour and respect in worship, and to acknowledge that everything the people had belonged to God. Some sacrifices would have been of grain, but most were animals or birds who were killed, and a portion was burnt so that the smoke ascended to heaven. And, and that was true not just of the Jewish sacrifices, but of, of many other religions. They were burnt, a portion was burnt. And it was thought that When the smoke ascended to heaven, the gods uh, could accept that. Any animal that was sacrificed had to be perfect, and all sacrifices of living creatures meant they had to die. The Old Testament does specifically forbid human sacrifices, interestingly. The Romans uh, had animal sacrifice as well, and the picture is part of a, a marble fragment of, from the 2nd century AD, found in Rome. And the animal is being prepared for sacrifice. And their sacrifices might be made as thanksgiving or to obtain forgiveness. And sometimes they even sacrificed before they'd done whatever it was that was wrong. So (laughs) in advance, I'm going to do something wrong tomorrow. I'm going to sacrifice today. Um, The gods were thought to cause disease and harm. So sacrifices could be made to persuade the gods not to do what they thought they were going to do, to avert catastrophe. And they could also make sacrifices to show gratitude when they come back, when they've won a victory or something. There is some evidence to show that there was an occasional human sacrifice, but generally it was animals of a specific type and of the right quality. And again, the animal always died. So the living sacrifice idea is very different And it should be our response to God's grace. What does Paul mean when he urges us to become living sacrifices? We don't need to be killed. So that is good news. But we do need to be alive. And the Bible does talk about those who are not Christians as being dead in their trespasses and sins. I think that's probably King James. Sorry about that. But you know what I mean before we come to Christ, we are spiritually dead. And we need to be alive in order to be a living sacrifice. In Colossians, Paul wrote, you were dead because of your sins. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. So in order to become a living sacrifice, the first thing is we need to know Christ, and we need to accept that his sacrifice on the cross was for us. and maybe there's someone here today who's never taken that first step of acknowledging that they need a savior, that they need to know Jesus, that they need to be forgiven. And today God's saying, you can come today, you can be forgiven, you can be made alive. So if we've trusted Christ, we are alive to God and we're not dead, so we can be a living sacrifice. But I want to warn you that there's nothing half-hearted about being a sacrifice. It's all in. A sacrifice doesn't choose their own way, but the way of the one being worshipped. In the Old Testament, the the laws were very specific about how the sacrifice had to be made, what sort of animal, who had to uh, prepare the animal, what had to be done. If we are going to be living sacrifices, we need to come God's way. Christian life isn't theology disconnected from everyday life. It has practical implications about how we should choose to behave every day. It's not enough merely to know the gospel. We need to put it into practice. We need to let God impact every aspect of our lives. And here Paul is encouraging us to look at our entire Christian lives, our entire life as an act of worship, not just what we do on Sunday. It's not just what we've done this morning that worships God, it's what I do tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening. What you do every day of the week, every moment, that can be worship to God if you are a living sacrifice. It's all very well to talk about being a living sacrifice, but what does it look like in practice? Uh, the New Living Translation puts those same verses like this. So, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't enjoy, So don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing and perfect. We need to be changed. We need our minds to be renewed, to be changed, to be turned from the world's way of thinking to God's way of looking at things. We're no longer to look at life in terms of this world, the the culture that surrounds us but in terms of um, God's world, heaven come down to earth, uh, the way Jesus would act when he was on earth. He said, the kingdom of God is near you. That's how we need to look at things. So we need to allow God to renew our minds so that we don't think like the world does. We need to read his word, not just read it, but put it into practice. So, when someone annoys you, instead of getting cross, or even worse, getting even, we need to turn the other cheek. In chapters 12 through 16 of Romans are full of little nuggets that Paul has included to help us know what being a living sacrifice might look like. And I'm just going to run through a few from chapter 12. Um, the world's way would be to promote yourself. Maybe lie on your CV in order to get that job. God's way is don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. That's the way God wants us to think. Paul says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. We need to be genuine. That's one of our words for this church. And only with God's help, only with the Holy Spirit's help, can we genuinely love others? We are all so different, such different backgrounds. We come up against people who don't think the way we do, who don't like to worship the way do we do. We need to love them. But only, we can only do that with the Holy Spirit's help. And we also need to love the unlovable. God loves everyone. Says, Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, and this is very countercultural. There are all sorts of things going on in the world today where people say, Oh, well, it really doesn't matter, it's your truth that counts, don't get found out. That's not God's way of thinking. Can we be people who stand up for what's right? The world's way. Of dealing with other people might be to put other people down so that we look better, to take credit for what another has done. But God's way says take delight in honoring each other, promote other people, give them credit for what they've done. The world's way of dealing with tasks is to take the easy route. Keep out of the way when tasks are being allocated, don't volunteer. At my Remembrance Day service, one of the uh, junior soldiers volunteered to do a reading. And the sergeant major said to me afterwards, no one ever volunteers. The world's way is not to volunteer. God says, don't be lazy. Serve the Lord enthusiastically. When something goes wrong, the world looks for the quick fix. Let's sort it out now. God says, be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. In other words, don't be selfish. Think about others. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Why should I always be the one who has people around? Why should I always be the one? God's way is always be eager to practice hospitality. And then we're called to show compassion. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. To show compassion. And then the world's way of um, life is to try and climb the corporate ladder. There was something in the paper this week about how Meghan and Harry seem to be being dropped from the, the list of influential, rich, famous people. People think that's important. But God says, Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And then the last thing I'm going to mention is don't think you know it all. It's very practical things. And these are just a few of Paul's suggestions. But you must make up your own mind because God hasn't given us a new law in the New Testament. It's not a new set of rules to follow. These are just hints at the way we should be thinking. He's given us instead his spirit who's working to change our hearts and minds from within. All around us, we see evidence of Christmas. And there are a few sacrifices, a few living sacrifices that took place at Christmas. First of all, of course, God sent his son down from heaven. I often wonder, was there an empty throne for a while? Just doesn't make sense really, but I think that. But that was a sacrifice. And then Mary gave up her plans in order to carry Jesus. And Joseph took on Mary even though he knew she was pregnant, not with his child. And later, they had to become refugees in Egypt because of Herod's fury. They sacrificed their own plans in order to serve God. The wise men traveled for months And brought costly gifts to Jesus just to honour this baby. They were all living sacrifices. They gave up their own way to honour God with their lives. So my question to you today is, will you be a living sacrifice? Jesus said, if any of you want to be my follower, you must take up my cross and follow me. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find true life. Being a living sacrifice is the way to find true fulfillment, true riches in God. So today, God says, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, which is your spiritual worship to God. Will you do that? Will you do that? Let's pray. It's such a challenge, Lord. One day we might feel like being a living sacrifice and the next day we feel like doing our own thing. Help us to be living sacrifices Every day, every moment of every day. Thank you for all that you've done for us. This is our reasonable act of service. Help us, Lord. Amen.
0: Thank you, Christine. There there was an awful lot in there, but uh, I wanted to pick up on one particular word that really struck me, and it was the word acceptable. In the Old Testament, as Christine said, God told the the Jewish people to bring perfect sacrifices. But then, at some point, he comes back to them and says, you're not bringing acceptable sacrifices before me you're bringing the damaged the blemished those who are weak not the best they're not acceptable and i think that really caught up with me is that actually we we can go through our lives thinking yeah i'm in a been a a a living sacrifice for god but then god says is it acceptable Are you bringing of your best? Are you giving of your best? God doesn't condemn us for it, but he does bring a challenge. I think it's a challenge for us this morning. And I, I just think it's good to pause before God with that word, acceptable. Am I living my life? an acceptable life before God or am I taking it easy am I taking liberties with God it's a real challenge it's good just to pause let the Holy Spirit speak into your hearts no condemnation but a challenge let's just pause for a moment for God. Lord, help us to truly live our lives as an acceptable living sacrifice before you. You gave it all. Help us give to give it all back to you. This isn't just a free ride. We're here to reveal the gospel, to display your love, to call others back from the pres- precipice. Christ died for all. Help us to live that for your glory, Lord. Amen. Time is pressing on. I've just got a few notices. Um, For those of you with children downstairs, they'll be coming back up with a leaflet like this. It's just about next Sunday. So next Sunday... It's not a normal Sunday uh, morning. It's a family Christmas celebration, so there'll be no downstairs children's work, but there will be a fun and interactive morning for the whole family with games, carols, craft, and refreshments. So so, the, so you just know what they're, they're coming up with. But uh, So that's next Sunday. Many of you now know about our pop-up carols. Uh, here's one of the leaflets, and they've been, or will be doing, delivered to lots of houses across Alton it's, and we're going to be going out as a church with other churches as well to, uh, to go and sing carols on a green, on a green space in and around town. So we'd encourage you, please do uh, get involved in that. Please go along to your local one or your life group one or one of the other churches, support them. But let's do that and uh, let's uh, bring the gospel through the carols to our town. Okay. If you are a visitor with us, as I said earlier, you are very welcome. And I hope when you came in, you were met by one of the lovely folk in the yellow uh, polo shirts or harvest gold. And you would have hopefully received a booklet, a welcome booklet. Inside is a connect card. We'd love for you to fill it in. And pop it in the box over on the table over there, just so that we can keep in touch with you. If you didn't get one of those, uh, there are some over the table. Please do take one. And my uh, phone has now gone blank. There we go. Right. Please see our weekly update for anything else. Parents, please go and collect your children now, and we'll have refreshments through in the cafe area there. It was wonderful to spend time with you all. Thank you for coming.